This episode is brought to you by Kelly Tischler Opals. To live it, love it, and find it. That is the Outback Opal Queen's way. Find Kel online at www.kellytischleropals.com. Welcome to All Things Small Biz, a podcast to help you take the leap and run your own business from someone who has done it themselves and wants to share what they learnt with you. Hello and welcome to the All Things Small Biz podcast. My name is Sarah Hales, your host, and today we'll be talking about some of the challenges associated with starting a business in a remote location, which a number of our listeners and a number of our guests can relate to. Our beautiful guest today is Kara, who is the founder of Cater Boots, and she founded that company when her and her husband were living and working in Parabadu in uh, far north, I suppose north, Western Australia. But as always, before we get into that chat, we're going to bring in Brian for a little chit chat. How are you today, Brian? Good, thanks, Sarah. How are you? That's good. Yeah, good, good. I'm currently running my schedule like a military uh, unit. Precision. <laughs> military precision, eh? Yes. Well, well, before we get too far, happy Valentine's Day. Oh, dull, thanks. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, Parabadu. Uh, are they are they like central Western Australia or is it on the coastline? Or Parabadu is um, very north. So, basically... Kara started her boot company when her and her husband were living and working um, at the mine site out of Parabadu, and they have recently just moved 1,700 kilometres from Parabadu to Bridgetown in southwest Australia, and I don't know whether you've seen on TV, Brian, that there's been some really terrible bushfires around Bridgetown. So, I've been in contact with Cara since we did our interview, and um, they weren't affected, which I'm extremely thankful for, and I hope that everyone else over in Bridgetown has managed to stay safe as well. Yeah, no, it's very, very bad, the fires around that area. Do you think they, that area is near that um, area where the movie is The Ram? Oh, God, I don't know. I've got no idea where that movie was set. Do it you? was based over in like uh, southwestern, New- uh, southwestern WA. Yeah, right. So, it might be near where they are. But, um, yeah, they had bushfires in that too, remember? Just before Christmas, we just started watching this absolutely random Australian movie called Rams, and it was really quite good, wasn't it? Ripper Australian (laughs) movie, not random, Ripper. Oh, anyway. So, Brian, win of the week. Have you got any wins this week? I have had a couple of wins. Oh, yeah. Good. First thing today, I was the one who said happy Valentine's Day first, so I didn't I didn't forget. So that's quarter, a win. At quarter to five this morning. Yeah. yeah. And then um went crabbing with my nephews and nieces and my kids and we got a good haul. We ended up with eight good bucks. Yeah, we had uh, a bit of crab. Heaviest one went one point five kilos and your dad was doing some rough numbers on what it would have cost at at the shop to at buy retail. those crabs and we the amount of crab we got, it would have been up around the $800 mark. You can see where I get my mathematical skills from because he also is a numbers person. <laughs> so, what did he work it out at about? About $850 worth of crab if you had bought it at the seafood shop. Yeah. What the, what a haul, Brani. 
I suppose you're going to try and uh, palm that off as a Valentine's Day gift, are you? That was that was actually the Valentine's gift early. I note that there are no flowers. Well, your son gives you flowers. He does. He's not my Valentine. He's my child. Yeah. So, but, uh, are there any chocolates? No. Okay. Well, I'll probably just have to get myself a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, um, so feedback. We have had some feedback uh, today and it pains me. It pains me to say that a couple of our listeners uh, have said that they agree with you in our last episode where we were talking about whether or not you should be planning when jumping into your full-time business or just winging it and jumping in boots and all. And the feedback that I have received is that they all think that you were right and that you should just wing it and jump in. So, yeah. <laughs> the 100%. Part, the thanks, part people. The pains me is that they're on your side. Anyway. Well, look, that's not something to be pained about. No, it's, uh, I'm only joking. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ride the wave of goodness <laughs> all the way to the end. <laughs> I'm beaching go. my surfboard. <sighs> that is great. And it's good that people have different opinions on things, differences in opinions on things because- uh, if we all had the same opinion, we'd just go around in circles. Yeah, it'd be boring. The word would be boring. That is correct. So, uh, I suppose we'd better get into it today. Yeah, we'd better have a chat about starting a business in a remote location. Yes, correct. What have you got for me? Well, I know a few people that have started them in remote locations, and I seem to think that- As do I. The, the people that do are better at it. Because mm. you look at your cousin, he, he, he started his- Business from a campfire. Yeah. Better ideas come from having time to think instead of being crowded by all the hustle and bustle. Yeah, no, I think you're right there too. And uh, it's probably not necessarily related to being in a remote location. I think it's just removing the noise. noise. Um, But oftentimes I feel like regional and rural people and maybe maybe like that's not true maybe people in the city can be like this as well but I feel like sometimes when you've got uh, distance and you've got challenges in your day-to-day you are very adept at working around things and finding a way to make it work and you're not necessarily following the norm and doing what everyone else has done. You're just, you know, working it out as you go and problem solving as you go. So I think that there's probably a lot to be said um, for people who live in a challenging location, say. Mm-hmm. And when you think about Cara, I mean, making a pair of boots and she to- she touched on it with me that um, – the process with the boots is over like 70 steps or Hello. something along those lines. And these are the most divine cowboy boot, um, you know, beautiful leather, beautiful stitching. They, I've got a pair and they're really, really comfortable and the best quality. And she was living about as far away from anywhere as you could get. And she took on this massive challenge. Yeah, and nailed it. And nailed it. So Nailed the soul to the boot. (laughs) You do carry on. Now, Cara was working in the mine and her husband were both working in the mine or were were they? Well, to start off with, she was working in the mine uh, as well, but then they had a family. Um, So- And then he 
went and did stay-at-home dad and she went back to work or? No, no, he was still working in the mine. So pretty much everybody uh, that lived in the town that they lived in worked at the mine. Yeah. And she had a little shop in the main street. So she awesome. had a bricks and mortar store along with the online component of their store. But I'm really, I won't go into it too much because I don't want to take away from the chat. But she has had some amazing publicity, you know, for somebody who lives or lived, I'm sorry, so far away, uh, she had some amazing, amazing opportunities because of how she marketed her business from, well, using, using the fact that she was in the middle of nowhere to get herself a little bit of free PR. It's a really amazing story. Beautiful. You've got to just take the wins as you find them. This is true. You must. All right. So, benefits of being remote compared to being in town what what would make it a benefit for you to have to start a business remotely for me or for you would it be the scenery for imagination and helping you invent new ideas and come up with new patterns and oh yeah well we're probably getting a bit personal here but you know i am an outside person i love spending my time outside and my our kids are exactly the same. You're the same. You like spending all of your time outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I feel that when we um, are at home and we have that extra space and we can uh, be outside and doing things, the kids are more engaged and therefore, you know, they're happier and they're happier to play. And if I take my computer outside on the veranda or put it on the front of my car and watch the kids while they play, they're happier. I get my work done, but yeah. we're all able to spend time outside. I feel like, uh, say with West of the Waves, opportunities for photo shoots, you know, beautiful raw materials. There's timber everywhere. There's trees everywhere. There's, you know, the cattle yards, all of that sort of stuff. Photo opportunities. And I just feel a bit clearer when I'm outside like that. Very nice. I feel similar. I feel very similar in that when I am using my hands or doing something that's a manual task, I feel at peace. Um, even though it could be a hard task and you're sweating your ring out and you're like, oh, I, feel, I wish this would be over, you're still at peace compared to when I'm sitting behind a desk at work and I'm dealing with with stuff that I have to um, look at a screen and work through numbers, work through costings. It's just so burning the insides of my brain that it's not where I want to be. And that's where my body's telling me and, my, and it's saying, hey, get, get out and do something that you're enjoying. Like to, The other day I, I went and put the crab pots in and I started getting stuck in the sand because the tide had gone out and made the sand all soft. And, and it's a hard thing, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, it, 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 do you get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. No, I definitely get what you're saying. I often find as well when I'm driving, that's probably my best thinking time. Maybe over the last couple of years, um, Jack did not love the car from probably about six months old until somewhat recently. Mm. Uh, so, there would be a bit of a screaming session happening. So, that wasn't so great for thinking. But yeah, driving uh, or just generally, you know, being outside, pottering away, doing something, they give me a lot of space for thinking. And I think that that clarity uh, of mind is, you know, when you come up with your best ideas. 
100%. I had a little mowing business when we first got together and mowing the lawn, I'd just be thinking about ideas constantly and I'm not a person that remembers the ideas. I think of them and I think, geez, that's a great idea and I've got to write it down, otherwise it disappears. Yeah, well, that is a great tip and and it's something that I do but I've um, spoken to other guests and other business owners about it too is have a notebook. Have a notebook in the glove box of your car. Have a notebook in your handbag. Have a notebook in all of those places. Have a notebook beside your bed so that when you come up with those ideas, you can write them down, you can draw a picture so that you don't forget them. Yeah, so – and – even for the people that are working outside when it's raining, there is these booklets you can get that like they have like a, a waxy style of paper. Yeah, we, we always had them uh, the notebooks for underground when we were working underground because the, the roof could be you yeah. know, dripping with water. We could be standing in sprays. They're a waterproof notebook so that you can still write on the page even if the, you know your end of your pen's wet. Yeah, even sometimes if you forget to take your book out of your pocket and it goes through the wash, you can still read it. <laughs> <laughs> Only sometimes. Well, anyway... It's time to jump into our chat with Cara. This episode is brought to you by Kelly Tischler Opals. To live it, love it and find it. That is the Outback Opal Queen's way. Find Kel online at www.kellytischleropals.com. I know I briefly introduced Cara at the top of the podcast, but I just wanted to tell you a little bit more about her. Cara designs the most amazing cowboy and cowgirl boots from the most unlikely place in Parabadu of Western Australia, but she has recently made a massive move from Parabadu to Bridgetown in the south of Western Australia. I've been wanting to have Cara on the podcast for such a long time and we've finally been able to make it work. So, Cara, where will we start? Will we start by getting you to um, explain the move to us, I guess? Well, yeah, well, we spent a decade in the Pilbara, so 10 years of our life. Um, more than that working up there really and I mean we love it Um, but my parents are down here in the southwest and they traveling 20 hours was um, quite an effort Um, and we wanted to be able to see them a lot more especially if you know the the unknown world and things closing down and stuff so we'd rather be close to my parents so we're down here in the southwest now so instead of being 17 hours north of Perth we're now three hours south of Perth um, about 20 hours away from where we were living in the in the outback. Oh my goodness, because one of the hurdles that we were trying to get around with booking in this time for us to have an interview was that your husband works a roster of, is it like three weeks on, one week off? No, it was only one week on, one week off. So, it's it's pretty Oh, sorry. It's just that we've also been moving for the last month. So, um, we've had to do three truckloads, so that 40-hour return trip truckloads so far of our all of our stuff one was just the boots <laughs> so um it, yeah it's been a, it's been a busy month but we're finally settled which is really good and is he still going to be working away no definitely not we we lived in the Pilbara specifically so that we could be together and um he comes home every night because the mine site was there in yeah. town um and there's actually a mine here in the southwest and that's where he's moving to so he will start there and he'll be home every night again, which will be wonderful. 
Oh, that's so good because, you know, being a mining engineer myself, I've spent, you know, 15 plus years working away and living in camps. And my husband works for Hastings Deering and he's able to be home every night, which is really good because in my working career, I wasn't. I was away and I was living in camps. And, you know, I used to work with a lot of people who were away from their families all the time. And I just think it's so important to be able to have them home with you, especially when your kids are little. Absolutely. I'm in the same boat. I was working in mining for a very long time as an environmental officer before before I did this and, and before children. So, I saw all the same things and, yeah, I always wanted to be in a re- either a residential town or just, just not ever FIFO when it came to children. Yeah, definitely. I 100% agree with you. So, gosh, your business, I just think your boots are absolutely beautiful and I have a pair, as you know, yes. and they're so comfortable and I just love them so much. But I guess I want to talk to you about the story of how it all came to be. Well, when I was doing um, working in the mines, I worked one week on, one week off. So I had a lot of time on my hands to travel, and I travelled a lot of the US. Uh, had a lot of friends in rodeo over there, so I would just travel from rodeo to rodeo with them, just cheering them on. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. But I, I got to see a huge amount of the Western world in the US and the enormous range of boots they have over there, and. I realized oh, so good. Yeah, the the only option we had in Australia and it's mainly it still dominates is a US owned brand that is yes. it basically that's the main one that people have here and it was really frustrating and um on, I've always drawn and been very creative and friends of mine just said why don't you just start designing your own stuff and I thought, well, why yeah. not? <laughs> I'll, give it, I'll give it a crack. And yeah, yeah, it was a huge amount of work, an enormous amount of money. Um, and I guess, uh-huh. I, yeah, I didn't realize how hard it would be. But it's, I mean, it's worth it now. I don't think we ever do. No. I don't think we ever <laughs> do when we're starting a small business is that you sort of like have this little idea. I know. Yeah. If, if we knew how hard it would be, I don't know that we'd do it, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Going back. Yeah. Not to discourage. Not to discourage any no, of our no, listeners well, from starting. I know. It, this was just, it was mammoth. Like to do boots in particular, the cost is enormous, especially because we didn't go down yeah. the cheap line. We went down the expensive no. line of very well handmade boots with expensive leather. So, we went <laughs> the cheap, the most expensive route possible versus a lot of our competitors with the China route. So, um, yeah. yeah, and I think that yeah. one thing when I when I received my boots from you, which are just exquisite, I've got the kookaburra feather. I love them oh, so much. Awesome. When the part when I opened up the parcel, the smell of the leather, you just knew the quality of it straight away. I love it. It's beautiful. You know that you actually become immune to that smell. I can't smell it at all. <laughs> I can't. It's it's oh it's the most beautiful smell. It smells like a saddlery. Um, that's what everyone everyone says when they first come mm-hmm. in. But I can't smell it at all anymore. So <laughs> I'm just around it all the Maybe time. Maybe if you went away for a week or two, you'd come back and be like, "Oh, there it is again." Possibly. Yeah. I don't. I've never been yeah. away from the business for long enough to <laughs> to have that happen. Yeah. So were you still working in mining when you decided that you were going to start? Uh, yes, I was. So on my R&Rs, I was um, drawing things. I actually started out with clothing. So, I was designing Western shirts 
And so wow. I have those way in the background for when I ever bring them into the business because I've done them all. It's all, you know, designs yeah. I did many years ago. And then my husband actually said to me, you need to decide a path to go down. You can't do clothing and boots at the same time because you have to put your focus yeah. into one or the other and then we'll bring the other one in at some point. And so I thought, well, there's clo- there's other clothing brands but there's no other boot brands at the time. So that no. was the niche that I that needed someone to fill it. So that is the path I went down. That's amazing. I mean, for somebody like me, I'm a creative and I draw all my own designs and I have all my linen 100% Australian made, all, you know, even to me knowing the amount of work that has gone into what I've done and finding my suppliers and designing the tags and all everything boots to me seems well I think shoes in general feels like a lot it's huge there's over 180 processes in every pair so I have mm. just full day conversations with my manufacturer about one design at the development of it and then we are talking for the next 12 months about that one design getting it perfected so some of them can take 12 to 18 months just to get one perfect because I'm a perfectionist and I want it to look exactly how it is in my head. It needs to come out that exact color or it needs to come out with that exact kind of stitching on it that we talked about at the start. And there's a, there's a lot of different processes involved and there's over 70 people um, that, it, that that one pair gets handed on to to make with all those different steps. So it's huge. And at any point in that time, things could be different to what we started out with. It's like a game of Chinese whispers, you know, it, it changes along the way and then we have to go, nope, we're going back to the start, we have to do it this way and it's a, it's a lot. <laughs> it's, a, it's more than what people assume it is, I think. Yeah, I think so too because even, you know, the height that you want to have the boot, the pulls that, you know, to pull it on, um, the shape of those, the shape of your heel, the shape of the toe, it's just massive. But honestly, you do such a beautiful job because the pair that I have are just beautiful. So tell us about the designs that go onto the boots. A lot of them are sort of Australiana type that's the enviral in me. <laughs> I can't. I can't take yeah. that out of me. I, I love the Australian bush and I love all things Australian. Plus, it's so different. One thing about Western boots that I, that was frustrating me was they all looked the same. There's just like squiggles. Yes. There wasn't really any meaning to them. So I wanted to design boots that had Australian themes and had a bit, a little bit of meaning to it. Oh, they're so beautiful. Tell us about some of them because mine have the kookaburra feathers, but then you've got... We've got red-tailed black cockatoo feathers as well. And that was actually my mother-in-law took a photo of that feather in Geraldton and then we mm-hmm. arranged the feather to get it exactly how we wanted it on the boot. And then we fanned it out to look like the tail feather when they're about to take off. And it was, yeah, and so that's how we placed them on the boot. Like they've just fanned out their tail feathers. Um, And the kookaburra feather was actually a feather that was in the backyard of the home I grew up in in Tulangi in the state forest of Victoria. So that feather means a bit to me because that's from my home. And the parabadoo boots, which is a white corella feather, Anyone who's from that area knows that there are corellas everywhere. It is if ever I was recording a video outside in Parabadoo, all you heard was just tons of cockies going crazy um, because it's just what it's known that area is known for. Yeah. And actually, 
Parabadu in um, the Inawonga means, which is the Aboriginal group that's in Parabadu, it means meat and feathers because of the abundance of the cockatoos in that area. Um, so, yeah, we, oh, we wow. there was a Corella feather that was outside of my shop window. So, that's the feather that I used to mould those, the embroidery um, pattern for the Parabadu boots. Oh, so great. It's just, I just love them and I love what you're doing, but I just have this feeling that it's take, you know, I know that it's already taking off for you, but I just have this feeling that everybody's going to get on board and that you are going to end up being, you know, our our national boot supplier. I hope so. That would be that would be quite awesome. So <laughs> I actually, um, yeah, I was just speaking to someone in the US who wants to um, rep us over there um, because that's where we plan on expanding this year. So Amazing. that should be interesting. I think they're going to love it. So tell us a little about Parabadu. How big is the town? I think there's maybe around 2,000 people. That could be a little larger than than what it is. There's really not not a lot not a lot there. There was a couple of shops, and we were one of them. And you can walk mm-hmm. everywhere because it's it's completely flat the town, but you're surrounded by all the mountains of the Pilbara. It was really it's a really beautiful place to live. A lot of red dirt. Yeah. And yeah, everyone knows everyone. Everyone works basically for the same company up there, the mining company. Yeah, it's a great place to live, but it, we yeah, it was time for us to go after after over ten years there. Yeah, and um, well, the reason I'm asking, I guess, is because what were some of the difficulties you faced in like bringing your brand to life when you were in such a remote, small place? I can imagine that there was quite a few extra hurdles. No, I, I actually found it. We could just go out, you know, a minute walk and we've got amazing backdrops for all of our photos. And um, oh, yes, the fact that true. not too much happens up in the northwest um, outside of mining, the media loved us because it was a great story. Yeah. And so we had the huge amount of support from the me- northwest media and then that got picked up in turn by the Perth media and, and the East Coast media. And so we actually had um, – it probably was beneficial being so remote and doing, um, doing the brand up there. And at the time – it was mainly just the station people that wore boots, but because I mm-hmm. wore boots every single day in town, I was basically my walking billboard for my brand, people would be looking and going, oh, so you can wear boots with that or you can wear boots with that. And and slowly nearly everyone started <laughs> wearing boots. They, they it was, yeah, we, we did really well in the Pilbara and we now have stockists up there, so we still have a big presence up there, which is really good. That's amazing. So your shop front up there was a pretty busy little place? Um, well, so we basically leased out a shop in town mainly for warehouse space because we needed somewhere to yep. store our boots. And then ABC, because we were followed by the media up there quite a lot, the um, ABC got wind that we were starting a shop. And so we thought, oh, well, now we need to make a shop front. And so my husband in three <laughs> days built a shop front. And Parabadu having no Bunnings and no any kind of anything, he had to just go and talk to building sites. What are you throwing away? Um, pallets. He made nearly everything out of a lot of giant pallets that were around. The local gym was being pulled down and they were rebuilding it. So there was an enormous mirror 
that would have been worth a fortune and they gave it to us for 50 bucks and we put that in there oh, and wow. and he framed it with pallet timber and it looked like it was there forever it was perfect um and our the desk that um the counter is actually the old mm-hmm. roof of Parabadu airport so they had these little um oh, little bits that you'd sit out under and there was little shelters and it was red and curved so it looked beautiful and so they were pulling that down so <laughs> my husband Nathan went and and grabbed some of that tin and that is our counter and we've brought it with us of course because that means a lot to us um so that the shop front looked amazing and they were uh, ABC were really impressed and he knocked it up in 3 days <laughs> so which, with scraps yeah. <laughs> with scraps literally <laughs> yeah it was but it's rustic and our brand is rustic so it kind of worked really well that's amazing. He sounds like he's a one handy bloke. He is. Yeah. <laughs> I've also seen your your travel set up. I I guess for when you're doing like pop ups or when you're doing events. Did he make that as he well? Did, because yeah. it is yep. He did. Yeah. He had help with one of from one of his brothers, but they they did that in you know half a day. They knocked that up and they just had um, some leftover Jarrah timber. So that's all made, a lot of mm-hmm. it made out of Jarrah, which is very common in Western Australia. Beautiful red. Timber, which again works with our branding, yeah, and it looks like a Western saloon kind of shop front and vibe, yeah. And we put that on the front of our marquee at events, and it just attracts so many people, and they want to have photos out the front of it, which is really really cool. I think um, everybody should jump onto your social media. We'll give you a really good plug at the end so everyone knows where to find you, but I, know, I want everybody to go and have a look at this amazing setup that you've got for pop-up shops because, how you know, it's so good. How do you carry that around? What is involved when you need to go to an event or a pop-up shop? Because I feel like yeah, it's a semi-trailer. Oh, it's huge. Like we don't – we've got a trailer at the moment. Um, we actually started with a tiny little – box trailer on the back of our Prado mm-hmm. and with 100 pairs of boots and then we obviously when we expanded our next shipment was 1600 pairs after that and so we needed a bigger one and we got a Mitsubishi canter, uh, Mitsubishi canter truck with a dual cab so we could fit the kids in the back. I think we had two at the time and we'd like rattle down these <laughs> rattle down these country roads to get to all these events in that that was that was crazy times and we actually traveled Australia multiple times in that truck with the kids to all the events. Then we expanded out to a bigger trailer and we had to get a bigger car to pull this bigger trailer and we've got a little mini sort of living quarters in it that does us for now, but we don't fit everything in this trailer so we at some point need to need to get bigger. <laughs> but, yeah, we put the shop front kind of goes along the walls inside there and then we yeah. pile all the boots inside. My husband is a Tetris champion when it comes to packing trucks (laughs) so he fits as much in as possible oh gosh that is so good so the move how did you find um your new shop it was a vacant store that that was in the main street of Bridgetown um and the owners are are really lovely and they're really happy for us to well we tore a wall down as soon as we got here basically because we're like that's not a big enough sales area so we we pulled this wall down and um over this next week actually Nathan will be doing the shop fit out so we're going to document that because we know people like to see him building and and doing all that sort of stuff so he's going to line the walls with Jarrah timber inside here and he's building saloon doors to differentiate from different rooms and we're doing wooden floors and stuff so that will be over this next week we'll 
film that and it'll all be on our stories. That's so amazing. And um, have you opened the store yet? Not yet. You've just mainly been warehousing there at this point in time and getting everything ready to open. Yeah, there's been a lot of people um, calling and asking us to open. So I have opened by request, basically. I'll just, if I'm around uh, and I can pop down to the shop, I'll open for them to buy some boots. But officially, officially, we're not open yet because we want to do a bit of a, a launch. We've, there's a few country singers down here that we sponsor, so we'll bring them in to, um, to sing at the event as well and just do a bit, of a, a bit of a thing about it. That's so good. I hope the media jumps on board and shares you again. Yes. No, we've spoken to a couple of media outlets already and I think they should be here, which will be good. Oh my God, that's so fantastic. I love it when things like this happen. So, you've just had an idea in one of the most remote locations in Australia, then you've just taken on one of the most challenging things um, to design your own boot range and, you know, with a hope as to whether or not it will work and then everybody gets on board. I just love it. Yeah, I'm just so glad that they love my designs. I still get butterflies every time I click post on one of my new designs. So, what if they hate it? But I've just kind of, I've learned to roll with it now and I, I've it's been mostly positive. So, yeah, it's good. I'll just accept that they like what I do and <laughs> just keep going with my <laughs> some of my really crazy ideas. I've, I've got one pair of men's boots that has crocodile teeth embroidered down the side of it and I was rocking uh-huh. my daughter. Um, she would have been baby baby age and she's six and a half now and that's when I came up with it when she was still a little baby and it was a pitch black room I was rocking her up and down just pacing as you do and that's when I came up with it that um a boot on its side could have the crocodile teeth embroidered on it and it could look like the closed mouth of a crocodile and that the leather could look like it needs to be really roughed up and look like the muddy waters that a crocodile swims in and that's what we did and I, I ran out and my husband knows when I'm in that mode and he doesn't talk to me while I'm drawing it. And then I actually I made the leather. I made what it's going to look like in paint of all things. It was all I had on the computer I was using at the time. And I, then I sent it to my manufacturer and I said, we need to find this leather. And he's like, but where did you, where did you get that? I, I made it up. We, we need to find that leather. That's what we need for these boots. And so, for the next 12 months, um, he went around to all the different leather fairs and um, finally found one that was absolutely ideal where this person hand roughs up all the leather and it looks exactly oh like gosh. what my drawing looked like. And so, that's what, that's what we now mind? use. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was, my manufacturer is very used to how, how I work now and we, they're like family to us and so, yeah, we work really well together. Oh, God, that's amazing. That is so cool. I, I haven't seen that pair. I'm going to go and go onto your website and see if I can find them because I think they sound amazing and so it's unique to Australia. Windham. Yeah. Well, they're named after a town yeah. in the northwest here. Um, uh-huh. It's very well known for crocodiles. It has a gigantic crocodile that you can go and take a photo with there. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was pretty uh, perfect for the, for the name of that boot. Yeah, very fitting. Oh, amazing. So, what's next? What's up next for you? Uh, we have a few new boot designs. We've got the eucalyptus boot people know about because I've put a bit of a sneak peek last year. But when we're going to launch it, I'm not too sure. It all depends on the 
the current retail environment. So we're just we're holding out a little bit just to see how things play out. But those mm-hmm. we want to release those this year. They sound great. We do have more, but I I can't talk too much about it because I don't want to give it a give it away and have anyone get in before me if they can. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, there's a few there's a few more coming. And um, has COVID impacted what you're doing? What it did was it made us change from sea freight to air freight. So it became oh, yes, about yeah. five times the cost to get them here, mm-hmm. basically. Um, but we were guaranteed to actually get them here. Whereas um, you saw this, the canal blockage with that boat that went sideways. Yes, that happened last yes. year. Yeah, so we had a container in a <laughs> in one of the boats that was behind that. So we, uh, one of our containers of boots, was stuck in that canal for a really long time, and that just really just solidified the fact that we're going to go air freight probably from now on. Mm-hmm. And the more you air freight, the cheaper it does get. But it, yeah, it's still it is still quite costly. the um, The amount of problems that can occur with sea freight is uh, far higher. So the yeah. likelihood of something happening at sea, like it's just the chances are, are higher than, than by air. So it's a safer bet going by air and they get here a hell of a lot faster. Yes. So yeah. you just have to weigh up whether whether or not the the increase in cost is worth it for business, I guess. Yeah, that's right. But you've still been seeing customers buying. You, ha- you haven't experienced low times where there's been – this People year, scared. definitely, 2021 was the worst year we've had. So, 2020, we were fine. I guess people were still getting their stimulus package. Businesses were still doing all right. 2021, a lot of our stockists, I think, saw it as well. And then mm-hmm. if our stockists yeah. are, are buying less, you know, it definitely affects us. So, last year was a bit of a hard one and we're mm-hmm. hoping that things start to pick back up this year events are happening again and I mean WA events never stopped but we didn't travel as much last year and we probably should have to make up for the lower online sales and retailers and things like that but we'll get there we're still here (laughs) which is good yeah it's a bit of a crazy time isn't it because I've I've talked about this on an episode before where I can quite clearly see when there's been an outbreak, I suppose, or whatever, because it's like people, they just stop spending. They get a bit scared. Once we go into a lockdown in a certain area, they just get scared and they stop spending. And then they'll sort of come back online again. And then there was another lockdown and down it goes again. So it has been extremely challenging for small business. But I think that if we're still here and we've still been able to keep growing during like a global pandemic, then... Once this is all over, which it will be at some point in time, we are just going to be on the up. Let's hope. Yes, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the aim. We're just yeah, we're just cruising along at the moment and just hoping that everything everything starts to happen again. I know um, when the announcements happened at the end of last year that CMC Rocks, the country music festival, was happening again, and all these other festivals yes. within hours of that, we heard from stockists about. When are the yeah. new shipments coming next year? What's going on with this? And that was the first time in a while we'd heard anything. So I think everyone started started to get a bit more positive about things and then the new variant <laughs> hit and then it was back to where it was before. So we're just going to play it by ear and we're travelling to events down here. Now that we're in the southwest, we're 
most things seem to happen in Western Australia. We're super close to everything. So it'll be a day trip for us instead of a week to do one event, which is, yeah, it's a whole different thing. It's bizarre. We'll be home at nighttime after an event. We won't have to sleep in the trailer and it's going to be interesting. And you've got the three kids now, so you've, you know, take them along and yeah they yep and but now that my parents are down here if if one of them doesn't want to come they they can they can go there they do have a lot of fun at the events though we've got so many photos over the years of you know one of the kids digging a big hole in the dirt in the corner of the marquee and they were just making sandcastles out of dirt and (laughs) that's that's what they're doing and they're just having it having a blast and they've got to see all of australia multiple times so i mean they're pretty lucky little kids and do you do distance ed with them or did you? Homeschooling, yeah, that's what we do yeah. with, with ours. And we, we'll probably continue it down here but because it, it actually works for us and works for the kids. Well, my goodness, you are one busy lady. <laughs> just, a, just, a, just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> goodness me. Well, thank you. I have just enjoyed this conversation so much. And like I continue to say, I love your business and I love what you're doing because I just, I guess I know how much hard work goes into that and – I love seeing you achieve. So let's tell the listeners where they can find you so that they can jump on board and support your small business as well. Sure. Kdabootco.com.au. You'll find us on our on the website. We've got Twitter, which we're slowly starting to use a bit more. We've got Instagram, Facebook, all Kdabootco. We've even started TikTok. <laughs> we're try, trying to get into that. I've got actually a new young staff member starting next week who knows how to use TikTok. So we might be on that a little bit more which will be good so maybe some of the renos will feature over on tiktok yeah i think we're going to put it on there as well i have zero clue how to use it but oh we'll get there (laughs) oh my goodness well i wish you the absolute best of luck with the opening of the new store if only i could just pop over to wa i think that sounds like it's going to be such a fun event with the music and whatnot but I wish you the absolute best and I hope that some of the listeners jump on board and um, find you. Thank you so much. Now it's time for the wrap-up snap quiz. All right Sarah. Yes Ryan. I think one day we're going to have to change it around. The wrap-up snap quiz is you're going to have to ask me a couple of questions. Okay we'll but, lock it in for next week. Yeah so Oh, this is an easy question for you to answer, really. Okay. <laughs> Starting a business remotely or in the city? Remote. Okay. Even if you had no internet, starting a business remote or in the city? Oh, I think that's... I think... Oh. Well, you could always ring up Telstra and get better Depends service. Depends what kind of business it is, I guess. I mm-hmm. mean, if you're just a service-based business, so say you're like a fencing contractor or say you can have, you know, an ad in the phone book or put a put an ad up on the local notice board. Has I'd- anyone seen a phone book lately? Yeah, they delivered one. I chucked it in the willy bin. <laughs> <laughs> In the recycling weatherman. I yes, I did. Well but done. I haven't opened a phone book since I was about like maybe twelve, so I doubt that I'm gonna I'm gonna start anytime soon. See how I used to ring my girlfriends up. Oh. I'd look for a last name and then go through a few until I said, Would is Leah there? Is Leah there? <laughs> I'll let you know something about me. I can remember phone numbers, 
bank account numbers, credit card numbers. I know all my credit card numbers, all the, you know, CVV on the back and the expiry date, but I will forget somebody's name. Yes. A good tip for that, everyone, is to say the name three times while you're looking at the person and then you'll remember it. How do you get it? How do you like walk up to somebody and say, hello, Brian, Brian, Brian? Like, how do you do that? Well, you, you don't you have just, to say it out loud. Or you loud. just weave it into conversation. You don't have to say it out loud. You just go, all oh. right. For, for everyone out there, this is what my brain said. Brian, Brian, Brian. Okay. Now, boots. Would you have a go at make, doing a boot thing or do you think boot's a bit complicated? Well, I wouldn't do it because Cara's done such an amazing yeah, job enough. of it. But I have had a think about doing shoes before, like shoes to go with- um, Like one, slip-ons. Yeah, like sparkly sand, beach-inspired sandals. But um, no, no, mm. too many steps, bit too complicated. I'm going to leave that one up to- Cara. Talented people like Cara. Mm. And- does the business that you start rural, yeah. does it have to stay rural? No. No. Like my businesses now, West of the Waves, all things small biz, the e-commerce course, I could move them to anywhere. Yeah, that's the whole point of it. That's exactly the model that I'm running on here is that I, if I move, they can just move with me. Perfect. Perfecto. Alrighty. Well, thanks for that, Brian. I hope everyone enjoyed today's chat. I loved this chat and I feel like we're going to get Cara back because I don't think we've touched on all of the amazing stories um, and adventures that she's had with Kate Boot Co. So we'll probably get her back. But uh, for now, that's the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next week. Ta-ta. Thanks for listening to All Things Small Biz. You can get more tips and find out about all the latest stuff we've got going on at the All Things Small Biz Instagram page. We'd love you to follow us. Or you can jump onto the website, www.allthingssmallbizpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Listener.